You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler producing the show. Uh, and that is right. It is Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, the first ever edition of the 757 at 6 on a station that calls itself Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, ESPN Radio 94.1. That name no longer ours. We are now Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 as of 3 o'clock this afternoon. It was the big announcement. We've renamed ourselves. Now we can continue on with much of the very same content that we traditionally provide, uh, just with a different name. Uh, I want to talk... I get to nerd out on this one. This is, there are certain things that get me a little jacked up, right? Uh, nerding out on quarterbacks is one of them. So ODU received a commitment from Colton Joseph. Okay. Uh, he tweeted out his commitment to Old Dominion uh, earlier today, 2.17 p.m. Right. So this afternoon, probably finished up school, maybe had a, like, a, like a free period at the end. Actually, no, he's in California. So middle of the day. Probably lunchtime. Lunchtime, he decided, yeah, I'm all in. Rain on. I'm down to go as far east as I probably ever thought I would go. Uh, this is Colton Joseph, uh, a, a quarterback recruit that has committed to Old Dominion. Now, the quarterback commitments are important for a few reasons. One, you want them early. Two, you want them flashy buzzworthy because your offensive line gravitates towards playing with good quarterbacks your receivers want to go play with good quarterbacks you want to bring pop you want to bring sizzle so i i I dove into colton joseph's film and his his little little bio right he is from california right i feel like uh remember the titans he's a californian sunshine he's from newport beach california and he is coming to Old Dominion. Um, that's unusual. I assume, and this is this is not you know super knowledgeable. Like this is an inside information. Uh, I assume there's some kind of connection there that we're unaware of, uh, because it would be bold of Old Dominion to spend a recruiting budget out there in California. They might do it, but it would be bold, right? Because travel would obviously be very expensive, and it's it's a tough sell to get somebody to go that far from home. So Colton Joseph, Newport Beach, California, Newport Harbor High School, class of 2023, commits to ODU. He's, the, uh, according to 247 Sports Composite Rankings, uh, the 67th best quarterback in the country. 157th top recruit in California. Should I break it down? I will. Uh, like I said, I like nerding out about quarterbacks. First things first, this dude is big. Listed at 6'2", 205 on 247, he is a mature-looking high schooler. You know how every single time you watch a teen movie, there's there's one or two high schoolers in the movie that look like they got to be 28. He's the argument for, well, they could be 18. 
Maybe they just look old because he is a big dude. He is a uh, mature build, big guy, uh, which is is fantastic, right? Obviously, you're thinking he's going to be able to withstand a college uh, uh, physical season the moment he steps on campus, right? He will likely benefit from college weight rooms and, and things like that. Um, but also, and anytime I see that, I, I do worry a bit about upside, right? If, if you have somebody that comes in looking like a 12-year-old, uh, you're like, your, your first thought is, oh, geez, just wait till they, right? Like a puppy with big paws. Just wait till they grow into those paws. Uh, so so physically, I'm not sure if he's going to, you know, blossom, whatever, with a red shirt year. Uh, but he's obviously, he can take the, the physical beating at the moment. Watching his film, few things pop out to me. A little bit of a strange motion. I call it a, like a whippy arm movement and, and the ball doesn't get very high, right? It's kind of like a, like a lower trajectory, low arm, which... There's two schools of thought here, and actually most of of football is moving towards the second trajectory. Uh, the first one, and this is kind of where I was when I was a re- recruiting coming up, it, it was everybody wants to have the perfect motion. And you'd go to camps and they'd work on ball placement and arm movement, and right? It was like everybody was a cookie cutter. Everyone wanted to look as close to, to like Tom Brady as possible, right? Arm over the top, off arm coming down, big torso movement, uh, and and... Now you have like the Mahomes kind of as the the gold standard and everybody's saying whatever's comfortable, right? If you throw it like a baseball, do it like a baseball. If arm angles, whatever's comfortable, right? We, we want you to be you. Um, so his, his motion is one that I'm not sure any top recruit would have developed to where he is without minor tweaks to the to the motion, right? You'd look at it year over year and it'd be moving closer and closer towards what everybody used to see is the ideal motion. But nowadays people are more inclined to say, yeah, let it rock. Right. Think of how unusual like Philip rivers was when he was first coming into the NFL. It was like, really that motion throws for 5 billion yards at NC state. It just didn't happen that often. His, his motion actually isn't quite Philip rivers, but it, it it's a little bit like that where it's a, his, his elbow stays lower. Really good touch. When I'm, when I'm telling you this guy, like he's a bucket thrower, he likes dropping it in the bucket. He has great touch and he can do it on the run, right? Those over the shoulder catches, back corner of the end zone catches. He, he throws those really nice, which, which depending on the offense can be mighty valuable, right? Not a ton of pop. I don't know if I would assume he has a little bit more in the tank. Maybe it's just... You know, he's it's been coached out of him or something. Maybe his receivers didn't have the 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 hands to catch the the fastballs on his highlight tape, right? And and I always think, you know, quarterbacks on their highlight tape, they're looking for the they like to heat it up, right? They like to to show the small windows on deep ends and comebacks. Not a ton of pop on the arm. I, again, he might have it, might not have broken it out as much. He was playing super high level football in California. Uh, you know, a couple of the, the the games that he he puts on his highlight ta- tape were against you know top ten teams in the state of California. So he's playing super high level ball. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen a couple of of more fiery throws, right? I would have liked to have seen a couple show off throws. But but I don't know when you, when you throw with as much touch as him, maybe it's just it's not called for, right? It's like I could fit it into the small window, 
or I could throw the lollipop into the corner and let my my receiver run under it. Still successful, right? A completion's a completion. And then the most surprising part of his highlight film, okay? And obviously you can't find full games of like Newport Beach or Newport Harbor High School football, so I'm not watching entire things. But but the the by far the most surprising part of ODU's new new commits uh, highlight film is there. There's he he looks like a pocket passer, right? Big, tall, strong, broad-shouldered guy. Drop back, little pocket movement, throw, drop back, throw, play action, throw, roll out, throw. Then randomly, there's like an 80-yard run up the middle, and he hits the open field and like is it great straight line speed pulling away from defensive backs and i'm going where in the world did that come from and if you have that in your bag of tricks particularly in high school why the heck wasn't your coach running you more right like he he steps up steps up i actually went back and watched the play twice because i wasn't sure if he was showing like pocket movement and a dump off and it hit like a, a tight end or something over the middle who turned and took off or a running back. It, no, he just he steps up, steps up, and then sees green grass, takes off, and is gone from like 70 or 80 yards. It is a long run. And once he gets behind everybody, it's not even, you know, I'll say like this. I wasn't the fastest guy on the planet. I had some some runs, but I was not fast. I know when I get into the open field, it is a race to see how far I can get before I get caught, right? You start angling towards the, the sideline. You're, you're looking over your shoulder. You're hearing footsteps trying to you know pick the angle that's going to get you the furthest. He hit the open field and went straight down the hash. Like he ran in a straight line to the, to the end zone. That tells me he's somebody that's not used to getting caught, right? He ran like somebody that is surprised when he gets caught from behind. That's a nice little wrinkle, right? Now, we talked with Kevin Decker, the offensive coordinator of ODU, who I think his offense, which he ran at Fordham last year and what scored 50 points per game, uh, I think that's going to make ODU much more attractive to quarterback recruits. We asked him how important the athleticism side of, of quarterbacking is, right? Do you want the runner? And he said, accuracy. He said, I want accuracy. I want decision-making. I want them to get to the place, the ball to the place it should go accurately every time. And if they're athletic, that's a bonus. So now it's up to Colton, right? Colton Joseph, three-star recruit, commits to ODU earlier today. It's up to him to fulfill the part that Coach Decker needs. And then once he gets on the field, that straight line speed can be the bonus. But that's my take overall on Colton Joseph, California. California quarterback right? New Newport Harbor High School and Newport Beach, California quarterback committing to ODU earlier today. Uh, we're not in a signing period at the moment, so it is just a verbal commitment. We'll see if it sticks, but if it does, uh, I think it's a very, very intriguing prospect. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. When we come back, one of the craziest local sports stories you will Ever here. Coming up. All over Hampton Roads. For the best in local high school and college sports talk, it's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. Every once in a while, there's a story that uh, you don't believe at first. Then you read it again and you still don't believe it. Then you read it a third time and you still don't believe it. And somewhere like nine, ten times in, you go, actually, 
I guess I have to I guess I have to believe it. Portsmouth, Virginia, Churchland High School. Arlisha or Arlisha Boykins. A 22-year-old, this comes from wavy.com, by the way. A 22-year-old former assistant coach on the Churchland JV girls basketball team. This is the part that gets crazy. Up till now, it's pretty normal, right? Impersonated a 13-year-old player who played for the truckers. Student athlete that she was impersonating was out of town at a club basketball tournament. And the former assistant coach took her place and played. Now the the jokester in me has ideas. The right the, the the person that wants to make light of the situation has ideas. How many points did she score? Was one of my first questions that popped into my brain. Now I know that shouldn't be the first thing that pops into my brain and that's not the main point of the story, but if a 22-year-old jumped into a JV basketball game in high school, how would she do? The second part of this is This is a failure on so many levels. I have so many questions for so many people. Now, I should mention, uh, she obviously no longer associated with the program. Uh, Craig Loper of Wavy 10 uh, also has learned that JV head coach, the JV head coach and the head coach of the varsity girls basketball team have both been fired and that the varsity coach was apparently encouraging the behavior during the game. Wavy has video, by the way, that shows Boykins wearing the number one jersey and actively playing in the game. First of all, this happens more often than you think, but it's not like I've heard quite a bit and not quite a bit, probably four in my lifetime of of people impersonating high school athletes, meaning they're, you know, young 20s, maybe mid 20s. And and they have some things going on. I assume there's there's. Uh, mental whatever going on, but they impersonate a high schooler so they can go back and like either relive their high school sports glory days or they think, hey, if I was only knew what I know now, I would have been a star. I could have gone to college, so I'm going to go back and do it. And that they sneak, the identity theft, all those sorts of things. Like if you Google it, there's other examples. What I've never seen and why this is so crazy with what happened in Portsmouth at Churchland is this is a person that people around Churchland knew and know. She was a former assistant of the team. The other coaches knew. This wasn't one person duping everybody else, right? This isn't one person going to a new high school and trying to just enroll as if they were a high school student. This is a bunch of people kind of in on it. Head coaches understanding what's going on. Like, did the players know? Did the players know this person as a former assistant? And they were just cool with the assistant putting on their teammates' jersey and jumping into the game? They not, no one thought to raise their hand and call? No one thought to look up into the stands and say, Hey, Mom, hey, Dad, this is weird. Somebody should do something about this. We're playing in a JV basketball game with a 22-year-old. like somebody's antennas have to be going something's wrong here an alarm of some kind internally has to be going off did the other team not know like you know when you when uh you're like on on the outside of a prank 
and you just feel something's up, right? You got the kick me sign taped on your back and you can just see everybody else in the place looking at you funny and you're what, what's going on? What did the other team not see? Like what's going on? What is that person? Not 13 years old. Are they almost a decade older than that? What, what's going on? What's, what's so funny. Was there some kind of backstory given? The school division has launched an investigation into the matter. Hmm. The the family of the the 13-year-old that was out of town and was being impersonated by the 22-year-old, their family's going, "I They don't they don't think the student will be uh, attending Churchland High School next year. We'll pursue other opportunities according to the Wavy article. This is a direct quote from the father of the 13-year-old that was impersonated, again, on wavy.com. Coaches always preach to the kids about integrity and those types of things, so I was just shocked. The varsity head coach allegedly knew what was going on and was encouraging the behavior. Now, if everyone was laughing and joking and thought this was like a, like a funny thing, then everybody's priorities are in the wrong place. If they were legitimately trying to dupe everybody to get a win, then everybody has to has to answer questions. Players have to answer questions. Now, I'm not, I don't know what the the proper punishment, if any, would be for the players because obviously coaches were were going with it, and you know you respect the authority. But there has to be a point where you say, I don't care what my high school basketball coach is. I'm not lying and saying this twenty something year old is a thirteen year old. Did they call her the the name of the person that's not there? I have so many questions. So many questions. What did the other team say when they found out? Was it an I knew it situation? Or was this a, a, wow, they fooled me situation? Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, one of the wildest situations I've I've heard. Arlisha Boykins, a 22-year-old former assistant coach on the Churchland JV girls basketball team, high school in Portsmouth, impersonated a 13-year-old player who was out of town, not playing. She took the jersey of the player that was out of town, jumped in the game. The difference between this and other situations like this that I've heard is everybody knew her, it seems. At least the other coaches. Like, it's one thing if, if there's one rogue person pulling the, the, the wool over everyone's eyes, right? They're, they're pulling a fast one. They said, I am a high school student. Okay, you fell for it, right? You did, you're probably not even allowed to say to a high schooler, like, eh, you look 30, right? So, so if, if someone's pulling a fast one, fine. But if there's multiple people involved, if everyone else knew, then this got to be something going. This is, this, there's got to be more to the story. Nansman Rivers, who they were playing against. There's got to be more to the story. She played under the student's name. Which player gets the stats? Who won the game? Did they finish the game? I've got questions. Uh, It's it's 757-6. This is also Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. If you are unfamiliar with the name, well, earlier today you missed the big announcement. Uh, ESPN Radio 94.1 is no longer. We have rebranded ourselves as Priority Auto Sports Radio 
94.1. Now, we still aim to be your source for sports talk in the area. We still aim to be the best voice uh, for sports radio in Hampton Roads, uh, but we just have a different name. Uh, that does not change the the shows. We still have to open the, the morning every morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We still have Greeny. We still have Fitz and Harry. The Tim Donnelly show immediately preceding this one, the same. And, of course, the 757 at 6 is still here as well. So uh, the only difference, we now have a great partnership with Priority Automotive. Uh, and we also have a new name, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. So, you know, within the next couple of days, everything will be changed over. Uh, right, your dashboard will no longer say ESPN Radio ninety four point one. It'll say Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Our social media handles will will change. Our website uh, has changed. Our logo has changed, but the content remains the same. Okay, we just want to make sure everybody is aware of what's going on. Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We'll take a break when we come back. More of the seven five seven at six. Stick around. Every weeknight, giving you all you need to know about high school and college sports in the 757. It's the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, and it's time to check back in on Keontae Johnson. Actually, if, if, if you were watching ESPN over the weekend... I was watching a little bit on, it was Saturday morning. There was a really cool, um, <laughs> I don't think it was Tom Rinaldi, but uh, it felt like a Tom Rinaldi piece. You know what I'm talking about? They had the the emotional like piano in the background. And at the end, you, you're like, I'm not crying. It's just a little dusty. Uh, about Keontae Johnson's rise. And a few things. Keontae Johnson, many of you remember, he is a Hampton Roads native, went to Florida, collapsed on the court a couple seasons ago, um, and he's back. And he's the best player on the seventh-ranked team in the country. Think about that. And I think that's why ESPN felt like there's one thing to do the, the whole story on just him coming back to play, but as soon as he became the best player on a top 10 team in the country, it feels like, oh, we got to tell the story. And and the story is actually, like, obviously, I don't want to say I lived it, but we tracked it, right? We were talking about it in, in real time because it was scary. It was harrowing there for a while. But even then, I was watching the details of it, and I'm watching this thing, and, I'm, and I was actually telling the guy I was with, I was like, hey, he's from right, you know, near where I'm from, or right, right from near where, where I live now. And uh, it was crazier than I remember. He was in a coma for three days. There was an image. They had Keontae Johnson, again, uh, Tidewater area native. He's playing for Florida. He's the preseason SEC player of the year. And in their fourth game, he's coming out of a timeout, and he just falls. And his teammates are jumping up and down, tears, crying. The image that that really stuck with me from over the weekend, watching the like the story told of 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 Keontae, he was being taken off on a stretcher off the court, and his arm like flopped off the side, and it was dead weight just hanging there. And one of the people carting him off grabbed his hand and like put it back onto his his side. And watching him pick up the arm was just like, oh, he's he's really just just dead weight right now. And then they cut to the the medical personnel and said, as soon as we got in the tunnel, we started uh, the CPR process. 
which makes me go, oh, Damar Hamlin, right? The resuscitation, they, they, they had to resuscitate him. Then he was in a coma for three days, was in the hospital for two additional weeks. It, it got really, really serious. Uh, eventually came back, was on the sideline for Florida. Uh, Florida refused to clear him. Or didn't refuse to clear him, but they didn't. Like their medical staff did not clear him. He went and se- seeked out other opinions, found uh, multiple doctors that cleared him, including the NBA's medical faci- uh, faculty. Uh, so he's cleared. He hits the transfer portal. He goes to Kansas State. At this point, I think it's going to be a big win. Like, I even I know the story, right? Uh, I think we talked about him here on this show like two and a half weeks ago. Um, so I know how this story ends. And still, it, it, I'm watching the the little documentary mini, you know, television package. And uh, as he's hitting the transfer portal, I find myself like, I hope he just gets to play in a game, right? I'm like rooting for him just to get the most basic level of basketball back in his life. and uh, And sure enough... He starts playing, starts playing well, starts catching alley-oops, starts hitting game winners. Now, again, this is not a joke. As of right now, you, I mean, you can go check it yourself on, on the uh, you know, the, the ESPN site. The Kansas State Wildcats are 18-3. and three. They are second in the Big 12. They are the seventh-ranked team in the country. Their three losses have come to Butler, which was very, very early in the season. The 17th-ranked team in the country, TCU, very close. And the 12th-ranked team in the country, Iowa State, again, very close. They've beaten Kansas, number two. They've beaten Baylor, number 19. They've beaten Texas, number six. They've beaten West Virginia, number 24. And all throughout all of this, Keontae Johnson, who is that guy I just described, right? He was on a stretcher being, being given CPR is averaging 18 points per game to lead the team and 7.7 rebounds to lead the team. He's shooting almost 40% from three. Like there's a point where you have to sit back and go, all of his NBA dreams are, are getting much, much, much more realistic with each passing day. And and that was actually the other thing about the the story behind the scenes that I didn't know was – Obviously, we knew the medical side of it. We knew when he was released from the hospital. We knew his family statements. We knew the thanks that they had given to the medical personnel and, and all those sorts of things. So so we knew the timeline of it. I didn't know that one of the medical groups that cleared him before he transferred was actually the NBA's medical group. Because, you know, the the thing that I don't want to say worried about, right? Because obviously, it, like, it's a win from here on in, right? It's a win. Uh, but the thing that I was concerned about was he would do all of this. Kansas State would would embrace him. They'd give him the, whatever medical help he needs, and and he would thrive. And he would become you know conference player of the year, national player of the year candidate. He'd become another uh, super success story like he had been prior to the the collapse at Florida. And he'd look at the NBA and say, "I think I'm good enough." And the NBA might look at him and say, "Yeah, you're good enough, but we're not taking on that liability." Right, we we saw that uh, there was a a player for Baylor whose last name was Austin. He was a seven footer, wore Rex specs, right? Like had the goggles. And uh, at one point in time, he had he was diagnosed with Marfan syndrome, and he was a seven footer, right? Big guy. They call Marfan syndromes Giants disease, right? It's the 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 big. I don't know. It's a heart thing. And the NBA said we're we're not going to 
take on that liability. And he said, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm okay with the circumstances. And, and, and they said, no. And what they ended up doing was uh, at the draft, they announced his name. They called it like, you know, the NBA selects uh, rather than a team selects. And they, they brought him up, they gave him the hat. They, they took the picture to honor him, but they, they wouldn't sign him to a contract, right? No team would take the chance. So I was worried that the NBA was going to do the same thing to Keontae Johnson. But I have to imagine that the fact that the NBA's doctors cleared him to return to play in college, that increases the chances of somebody in the NBA taking the chance on him in the league. And you also have to remember that he he potentially turned down $5 million to medically retire from the game of basketball. He had the insurance policy. Right. So, I mean, if he would have taken that, he would have obviously not been able to play ever again. So taking that risk, kind of putting it on himself, we talk about players kind of betting on themselves all the time. You talk about the ultimate betting on yourself to try to play again and try to reach that next level. He's doing that, and and right now it's it's paying off. few things on that, and and it's a good point, right? The the reports were out there that – um, Florida had taken out an insurance policy for him on a career-ending medical situation, uh, but he would not be – obviously, career-ending means career-ending, right? That's not you – you become bad, right? You have to have a medical something that says you cannot play again. So the fact that he did come back and, and continue playing obviously forfeits the insurance policy. Um, it's betting on himself in kind of two ways. One of the ways to think about it betting on himself is he still believes he'll make it to the NBA and he'll make more than $5 million. The other way it's betting on himself is he's saying, even if I don't make the NBA, I'll still have skills marketable or otherwise that can support me for the rest of my life. I don't need the guaranteed $5 million because I can you know, have a healthy, happy, fulfilling life even without that if basketball doesn't work out. It's the same thing I say when, when guys – uh, you know, their junior year, maybe they'll be top five picks and they go back to school and everyone goes, oh, they're betting on themselves to be the number one pick next year. I'm like, yeah, they're also betting on themselves that if they have a career-ending injury in that senior year, they are well-rounded enough to have a happy and fulfilling life away from the, the, the sport without those millions and millions of dollars. So Keontae Johnson, I mean, it is really just a, a cool situation. Right. And and it's for as bad as things look there for a little bit, he's averaging eighteen points, seven point seven rebounds for a top ten team in college basketball and doing so athletically, right? He is exploding off the the, the court, throwing down alley oops. He is a success story from where he was uh, at the end of his his time at, with the Florida Gators. And of course, you know. Something in the water around here. You grow up around here, you're just going to be determined. That's what I've learned. Uh, it is the 757 at 6 here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's our new name as of today. Uh, Robbie's going to close out the show. New name on the show. Same way we close it out. Robbie's round out. So that's coming up in a second. Uh, for me, I will see you tomorrow. Again, Tim Donnelly show starts at 3. Have a great night, everybody. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Oh, wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Man, that sounds good. That's right. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It does kind of roll off the tongue. The more and more I say it, obviously I've been doing it for the last 
four hours. I did it for every single Sports Center update during the Tim Donnelly show, and then of course for this show. But Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 sounds very good. And it's very exciting to be to, to have a partnership with Priority Automotive. Great people over there. I met a couple of the the, the higher ups earlier today, and they couldn't have been nicer. Now all we gotta do is work on work on uh, you know Tim and I getting a car out of this deal. Now I'm just throwing it out there. It probably won't happen, but if I, if I throw it out into the ethro, ethos, you never know what'll happen. And while they're giving away cars, or just kind of you know throwing cars out, how about you give our, our guy Richie Somerville a car too? I mean, I'm just throwing it out there again. I'm not I'm not saying that we want a car, but I, I we're excited. Everybody here at at 94.1. At Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 are excited about this partnership. And again, like Tim has said multiple times all throughout the day, nothing changes. The programming's the same. Tim and I are still here. Our guy Richie is still in the building. Everything is going to be the same. The only thing that changes is just the name. But it's a good name. It, it rolls off the tongue. And we are excited to... To, to be a part of the the priority automotive family and, and you know talk some sports because that's what we do right here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 and and something we've been following since the beginning of the year ODU women's basketball we're going to continue to follow it over the weekend they had a very very good win against coastal carolina a game that I thought they had to have a game that they were coming off of, of a, a brutal loss to Texas State, a game where I was at. Tim and I were at the, the Troutway Arena last Thursday, so I stayed for the, the majority of that game, and I was not impressed with what I saw. Wasn't impressed with what I saw, wasn't impressed with, with the overall team. And and after a, after a game like that, after a game where – you don't score that many points where overall you're just not shooting correctly. You're not shooting at a high rate. You need a game where you can just go out there and ball. And that's as simple as that. Sometimes you just need a reset game throughout your season at the end of January, getting you ready for March, you know, the, the March madness of it all through February and through the beginning of March before the tournament where you can just go out and you can just straight up ball. And that's what ODU did on Saturday, a 78 to 64 victory over Coastal Carolina, and I'm impressed with this victory. They looked good through every quarter, through every aspect of the game. 37 rebounds. They turned the ball over not not hardly as many times as Coastal did, 15 steals. Those are the the stats that we have been looking at and looking for all season long. When the, when the box score comes out and I and I go back and I and I'm looking at this game when I pick up the paper the next morning that's right I still get scores from the paper. When I pick up the paper and I look at the box score I want to see that turnover and steal margin. Because I can almost tell with even without even looking at the score if they had less turnovers than their opponent. Nine times out of ten, they're going to win that ball game. And I know that doesn't go for every basketball program out there in college basketball, 
but it sure as heck does go for for Old Dominion. That has been a, a, a forte of theirs all season long. Something that they have prided themselves on. I know Coach Delisha Milton-Jones has been very prideful of the defense that this team plays. And, I, and I, I'm telling you, not only did they play great defense, they went out there and they just straight up balled. They shot the ball. They took the shots they needed to. And see what, what happens when you do 78 points. Not too shabby. And you go into kind of, I'm not going to say the home stretch because there, there's still plenty of basketball to be played, but you go into a road swing where you play Southern Miss and Arkansas State in back-to-back games. Arkansas State should have no problem. I'm more worried about that Southern Miss. Southern Miss right now is 7-3 and three in conference. They're 14-7 and seven overall. Old Dominion 6-4 and four in conference play. This is a huge game for ODU. Southern Miss can afford to lose this game and then not really bother them. Obviously, they're going to want to win this game because if they do that kind of, that, that brings them right up with the Troys and the James Madisons of the world. But Southern Miss has an opportunity And so does ODU to move up those rankings. Right now, Old Dominion sits at sixth in the Sunbelt Conference standings. Sixth. That's not bad. Got plenty of basketball to go. It's going to be a lot of fun to track this team in the last, you know, next month and a month and some change. I guess their their last game of the season, their regular, and I, I guess the the tournament kind of starts up. At the end of this month, not this month, the end of next month, which starts tomorrow. That's right. February is tomorrow. Get your your calendars ready. So this is a way to kind of kickstart that final month of the regular season. Go in there. Do what you need to do against a very good team in Hattiesboro, Mississippi. Southern Miss is a very good team. They want this win. They want the momentum going in to to the final month of the season. Start this road trip off with a bang on the road. Then go to Arkansas State excuse me, and take care of business. Because once you're done there, you come home. You come home for three games. You know what? You come home for four games. If you can get these two wins in a row, you come home for four games where you have excelled multiple times over, you'll be happy. Obviously, you want both these games. I'd be okay with a split, but no. You know what? I'm not okay with a split. You go out there. You beat Southern Miss. You beat Arkansas State. You come home, and you win four straight against four very difficult teams. Georgia Southern, Georgia State, App State, and James Madison. Those are your last four home games of the season. And I don't want to see another blemish on that home record. You are 10 and 1 at home. I want that to be 14 and 1 going into the conference championship. 1000%. And that shouldn't be too too much to ask for. Am I right? I know I am. That's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6. Don't forget to go follow us over on on Twitter at Donnelly Sports for Tim and at Robbie Vogler for yours truly 
It's always a lot of fun to come on and talk some basketball and talk local sports in the 757 with all you beautiful people in the 757. We'll be back tomorrow with a full edition of the 757 at 6 and, of course, a full edition of the Tim Donnelly Show beginning at 3 p.m. Priority Auto Sports Radio. The text line's still there. 757-687-9494. Have a question, a comment, a concern that you want to vent to us? Text us. It's the best way to get in touch with us. That's going to wrap things up for Tim Donnelly. I'm Robbie Vogler for the 757 at 6 and Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later! Your flagship home.